All right, everybody, it's Tuesday, and it's September. Who thought the year would be, like, almost over by now? It's MSP initiative time, and this time we are off the road. No more uh, RV touring, but we are definitely going to be recapping that today. Uh, we have the my, my, like, second favorite guest, other than myself. Just kidding. Uh, no, Ken Patterson's on with us again, Big Ken. Today we have our special guest, Taylor Thorson, without an N, I didn't spell it wrong this time, uh, from Connect Booster. How's everyone doing today? Good. I thought you were going to say I was your favorite, so. Well, I said second favorite, but, you know, Ken's got to take the top spot somewhere, right? That's right, somewhere. Got to have some spot. Right, (laughs) exactly. Thanks, George. Thanks, George, for for sending a little love. Hey, listen, love comes in multiple ways, you know? Uh, Anyway, so wanted to we're we're basically taking one episode a week to kind of recap from our three week you know extravaganza gallivanting across the United States of America and uh would love to you know just kind of zoom out for a second really really you know give me give me a sentence on your experience overall right like recapping 30,000 foot overview give me a sentence Taylor on what you felt about our trip I mean besides that it was a blast but that's good. I mean, that's a sentence for you, but there you go. Yeah, I'll take that if that's yeah. if that's where you want to stop. Um, <laughs> no, all all good. I mean, Ken, we you know, I feel like every day we keep on going back and forth with different people we found, you know, met it along the way, and different people that you know, parking lot to parking lot, city to city. You know, I'm still getting messages back from people pretty much daily, you know, thanks for coming out. Really appreciate you guys for, you know, getting on the road when nobody else was. And listen, you know, we didn't know what it was going to be. I I remember in the early days planning this with you, we were really scratching our heads wondering if it was going to happen, right? Well, I mean, look, I'm going to probably say this in every single episode we do, right? We had Scott last week. We got Taylor today. We'll have the rest of the crew once a week, like you said. I'm going to say the same exact thing. There was no doubt that it was happening because it was you and it was me. Two guys who have that East Coast, Northeast mentality like, oh, wait, did we say we're going to do something? We're going to follow through. So, yeah, there's no question of if we were going to do it. It was when. And the fact that we pulled it off when we did, when everybody else was saying, oh, that doesn't look too good. That's a bad idea. All we were focused on was the partners. And then when we started thinking about, well, okay, we're going to go out and do some good. Let's spread that. Let's talk about food vendors and the, the drinks and the, you know, all the things we have to buy in between. And then let's expand that out a little further and talk about food banks and how we're going to deliver some good that way too. So it wasn't even about us. It wasn't about our companies or optics or anything. We knew we could do some good. I think that's what drove us to kind of go all the way. 100%. Taylor, I'll, I'll throw you a few softballs. Where, where are you based out of? Fargo, North Dakota. All right. And apparently there's more right. than corn in Fargo, right? Yeah, there really is. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but. All right. Well, I mean, uh, you're, you're the one there. I'm just asking. You'll for yourself, yeah. Okay. All right. So what was your favorite food, truck, food experience? I know we had a couple of them catered. Um, you know, out of all the 15 stops, do you have anyone that comes to mind as your favorite? Yeah, I think the uh, the Memphis, what, 901, that was my favorite. Can't go wrong with a good pizza. Let's say it the way that she first said it. Nine, <laughs> go, and then she had to start over again on the video. Great class. I was just watching those, and I was, like, cracking up because 
we all have that crazy moment. But nine dough, that was perfect. I don't think we should have retook that one, George. I think we should release that one. It was pretty funny. Sure. I'm happy to release as is. Works <laughs> no. for me. I think we'll, we're going to pass on that one. Thanks, though. Oh. <laughs> I like uh, how she's getting bossy now. Tell us I know. what to do. <laughs> uh, now, that she, now that she's been through 7,000 miles, it's different, right? Yeah, three weeks with you guys changes a person, so. Oh, hopefully for the better. <laughs> um, so let, let think back across the trip. Was there any one conversation that comes to mind that you had with some, you know, some of the MSPs that we met, or what was any one takeaway that you thought was something unexpected for you? I mean, I think in general, since this was kind of a first uh, time event for me, learning from you guys in general on a day-to-day -day basis was something that, like you guys said, this is like a crash course for me. Um, really, just thrown into something and. Each day was something new, and so I feel like not something off the top of my head, but every single day, I mean, I feel like I came back and I knew or at least have more knowledge on the channel in general, so. No, I appreciate that. For for everyone who's watching, Taylor is only literally on the job for a few weeks until she decided to jump in an RV with us, so totally, totally understand the crash course. You know, Ken, thinking back to the trip, uh, was there any one city that you know, you felt was surprising to you in terms of what was happening or, you know, did everything kind of end up the way that you thought it was going to be? Oh yeah. Everything was perfectly planned. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. No. Um, I, I wouldn't say any one city. Um, I would say the general theme and we, you know, we'll probably talk about this at nauseum, but the general theme is how open places were in contrast to, you know, what we heard or what we thought, you know, um, I, I feel like there was a lot more open than we places than we thought. I mean, the night that we had dinner at the restaurant where it was completely empty and we were sitting in a booth with an open wall and we're thinking, ah, this is how it should be. And then we're watching college students go upstairs to an absolute rager. Like to me, that's a flip of, you know, obviously that's not how we wanted to do things. I definitely wasn't going upstairs all the way down to Taylor. Didn't feel like she was going to go upstairs. Right. So it didn't have anything to do with, you know, the fact that they were college students. It was just, wow, that's crazy. But everything was open from that standpoint. We were doing it the right way. And I think that the point of all this is you can be out, you can get out and do things. You don't have to shut things completely down uh, to get out there and be normal. You know, there's, it's not extremes. You don't have to completely lock up and you definitely don't have to go to a rager, but you can do it in the middle and have masks on and do it in a, uh, in the proper way so that you're still seeing people, you're still seeing people's faces and it's not a shocker because we're staring at these screens all the time. Yeah, no, I definitely had like, I was starting to see green everywhere, right? You know, with all <laughs> those green screens out there. Uh, Taylor, any idea how much hand sanitizer we went through? <laughs> can we even count that? I don't know. I, I know, we, know we started with gallons, right? Yeah, we had yeah, a lot. I think, did you guys even have any left over? No? I think I may have one left, actually. I still so, got to go through all the stuff, though. Taylor, just remember, every time we got on the bus, we don't really want George to pour the hand sanitizer because we're basically bathing in it, right? He was like, oh, no, you guys. <laughs> no, we're like, I'm like trying to find places to put it because it was so much. So yeah, listen, we there's definitely never had enough sanitizer. hand sanitizer. I mean, clearly, different circumstances. Clearly, the um, only problem is my immunity system is now down. Well, I mean, because I have that barrier on all the time. You're back in the basement now. You're good. Let's build them back up. Is that what you're saying? 
Exactly. You know, just building that, that Boston immunity back up. Um, Taylor, was there any, like we had a lot of downtime in the, in the bus as we were going city to city. Uh, and we listened to a lot of music and watched a lot of movies. Was there any particular one that you, that comes to mind? Okay. Well, you guys made me watch the boiler room. <laughs> that was good. Made uh, you, made you. Were you appreciative was, after you saw it? It was educational, right? Um, you guys made me listen to a lot of different music, like Linkin Park, a lot of kind of weird <laughs> stuff. What's wrong with Linkin Park? It, it is what it is, you know? I got an education on movies and music. Gosh, what was the one movie with Denzel? That was probably my favorite movie. Training Day? Yeah, Training Day. Day. That was the best I mean, one. We, we were in the middle of training people, right? Might as well use Training Day. Yep. Well, let's right face on. it. That She said nobody could have that bad a first day, and then she comes on a tour with us. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Our first sure. day was three weeks long. Yeah, I was going to say the training day was like one day, right? And right. Yeah. This was a little bit longer. Uh, Brent asked, how much food did we go through? Well, Brent, um, there are two types of foods, right? Or three types. There's, hey, you show up to the parking lot and we had the food trucks and we had you know, some of the stuff catered depending on where we were. We also had you know, the food that was delivered, right, as part of people coming for the food banks. And then, of course, there was the snacks and stops that we made along the way. Ah, here we go. How much did we collect? Well, I know for sure we were over a pallet, Brent, uh, when you actually aggregate it all together. I did not count exactly how many cans. Actually, but George, would... it was probably more than a couple of pallets because in one place we got a whole pallet just from one company. Okay. Think about that. Right. They were donating a pallet and delivering it themselves. So we did have a couple of those. So I would say we were easily over a couple of pallets of food. Yeah. I mean, the food, the, it seems like the food banks in all the areas were definitely appreciative. Uh, we had some, you know, we, we were cut short on a couple of, you know, kind of exits because the amount of travel time between cities on the road. So I know a lot of the MSPs that were hosting us, you know, did deliveries, you know, in each city on their own, you know, when we couldn't do it. Uh, but I would say on average, we didn't have less than 20 cans or so per, you know, because everybody brought a couple, right? So, And we yeah. got cash too, George. There was the flip side of that. Like uh, oh. Chris, Le Chris Leffingwell from, came from Oklahoma was like, I never had a chance to stop because I was driving straight through to get here to the event. And uh, he pulled out 40 bucks and put it to it the cause. And JP went out and got a whole bunch of canned goods and gave it to the food bank. So that's we awesome. Got, we got oh. quite, a, quite a bit of like little odds and ends as we were collecting and going through that stuff. So, yeah, it, that was a, it was really cool. And we even got dog food. We, who knew that food banks could, could have the animals, right? There's animals. So we got a case of dog food in Denver. That was cool. Brent says he works with a, uh, a homeless org. So appreciate the, uh, the heads up there, Brent. And we're happy to help the cause. I mean, you know, a little bit of goodwill goes a long way. Uh, and you don't know what everybody's situation is in every city for sure. Um, Taylor, did you get, you know, was anything surprising to you on the trip? We know we learned a lot, crash course, all that jazz. Was there anything that you thought was unexpected to you after the three-week trip? I mean, I think it was a little crazy to see how open everything was. We talked about this a lot, just how everywhere we went, things were open. I think I was expecting things to be more shut down than they were. So that was, it was good to see, though, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Ken, did you, did you have anything to say about parking at Chick-fil-A's? <laughs> you mean parking in general? I mean... Okay. Listen, we, we didn't go into this lightly. George and I, uh, George especially, thinks big. He's not a small thinking kind of guy. And so 
you know, when we were doing this, I kind of took the George mentality and said, we're not driving. There's no way we're driving. If we're going to get a big thing, we need to get a driver. So our driver had 10 years of experience driving Bruce Springsteen and band and had 10 years experience with Jimmy Buffett. And then some others that these guys never heard of, like Michael McDonald and some pretty old school bands, you know, from the Doobie Brothers. And it was just crazy. And then to watch him park a truck or come around. I mean, George will tell you, Taylor will tell you. He'd come around a building. I'm like, there's no effing. Whoa. And he would just get into these spots that were completely amazing. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting to watch someone who do that. You know, I think when I'm driving my car and I get in a spot pretty tight, I'm like, I'm the man. But now it's like completely and utterly put to shame by Slade. The guy, the guy just uh, got us into some great spots and, that was George's first unfortunate bad experience with Chick-fil-A, one employee out of uh, however many, but it got made up at the next stop, right? They moved the whole entire driveway for us to get us out, but your first bad experience. I'm sorry, George. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, I know you're an airline points guy. I know Taylor's like, I can't wait to be a Hilton, like gold platinum person. <laughs> I'm I'm the Chick Fil A like super uber platinum guy, right? I mean that's my point system. Yeah, that and Ch and Chipotle, right? So, uh, but Chipotle you just get to the free meal. Like Chick Fil A, you can actually like, go up in the world. But it's the first time I submitted a complaint via the app. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We had to work through the tears. Taylor had tissues for him and everything. It was rough. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> By the way, Brent, no, no compensating here, buddy. <laughs> Trust me, everything's just crazy because that's how I like to do things. But maybe it's a Philly thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a bald head guy thing. I, I can't tell you. That's just how it works out. Bald head um, guy thing. I don't. That's what I think. I don't, I don't know. There's other every every time I run into somebody bald, they're a little bit crazy too. I don't know. <laughs> this this comes from me. You have an afro, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Brent, but you can keep on guessing. Taylor, did, um, you know, so you came, you know, you've been with Connect Booster now for now over a month, right, with the three-week trip. Um, when you were first interviewing for your job, what made you want to come into the IT business, the IT industry, software, whatever you want to call it? I mean, it's something absolutely different than I was ever expecting, but how much it's changing, how much it's evolving, um, I think that was something that was really cool about it. It's changing. We can always... There's just so much to do here, and I, I didn't even realize it until I got into the job, all the things that uh, came with it, too. So, super exciting. It's new, and yeah, I'm over a month now, so that's good. Okay. All right. Yeah. What, 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 what did you go to school? Back. All right. I got you. You're, you're <laughs> going to get a badge. What did you go to What did you major for in school, out of curiosity? Business, admin, and marketing. So, okay. you know. Business, <laughs> admin, and marketing. And we There's went alignment. into- There's alignment there. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, Ken, if you were to take, if you were to give advice based on all the conversations you had across the trip, what's the first thing that comes to mind if an MSB says, what's going on today and what should I be worried about? Oh, Georgie, you ask the best questions. Seriously. It's like being on those shows where they make you cry because they peel, peel the layers back a little bit. Um, look, uh, the main thing is the main thing that was consistent is cloud is the place to be. And before this, it was hard. Now it's much easier. And so, you know, all the little guys out there, I, I've already said this and I'll continue to say this. Now's the time. It's wide open. Don't feel like you're left behind. It's easy to jump in and do this. You have a lot of help. Um, for the bigger guys, I mean, 
all they've said all along is we were kind of already there. We've been pushing for it. We have most of our customers moving into the cloud. So the shift wasn't, you know, wasn't that rough other than taking people off their enterprise firewalls and putting them on Netgears at home. And, you know, all the issues that go along with firewalls that, you know, had 10 licenses and now they need 40 and they have to bump their VPN licenses up to get people to work from home, all crazy stuff like that. But the overall theme is it's good. And you hate to say something's good about a pandemic, but let's just call it what it is, a disruption. It's a disruption. Line it up to all the other disruptions that are happened to all the industries. And the one thing that remains the same is your ability to pivot. If you can't pivot, you won't survive. If you do, you will. So the main thing here is don't give up, push through it, and you'll, and you'll be fine. There's a lot of opportunity in cloud now. We got the right people listening. We've talked about this a bunch of times. C-level people are paying attention to MSPs because their people didn't do the job when this when they, when it hit the fan. So I say reach out to the, the, the appropriate people. Reach out to other MSPs that are successful. They're all out there offering help. Take it. Don't just sit back and say, oh, I can't do it. These guys are, you know, are better. They're only better because they listen to someone else. So make sure you guys are paying attention and get involved and, and put your head down and do it. There's a lot of opportunity in cloud security, and this just made it a heck of a lot faster. Probably the fastest fastest acceleration in any business. 100%. Taylor, one of the things that I took away personally was that sometimes, you know, listen, you may have not, I know you've only been to like one or two events before the, the bus and in general, but one of the things that we usually see at conferences, before, you know, when COVID's not around is sometimes people, like some people are willing to share more than others. Some people are willing to, you know, maybe it takes a beer or two to kind of loosen up a little bit. But on this tour, I felt like everybody was open. Everybody was asking questions. Everybody was trying to figure out what was going on. I found more people, like nobody was just standing around just by themselves in the corner on this one. Did, no. did you feel that way too? No, not at all. I think people like wanted that community. They wanted to talk. They wanted to see what other people were doing and kind of collaborate and, I, like like Ken said, you can learn from everyone around you. So at times like this, that's kind of what you have to do in order to pivot and figure out how we're going to make things work in weird times like now. 100%. On our end, that was cool to listen to everyone on the bus, though, because everyone's doing different things. So that was also interesting on my end to hear what you guys are doing, how you've changed, your companies have evolved, um, things like that. So. Hey, George, I didn't, I didn't even see the uh, Q&A because I was on chat, not Q&A. So I just, yeah. I'm like, who's George talking to? So yes, Brent, 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 you know, Brent asked the, our, yeah, Brent's Brent asking a lot of questions and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Brent, yeah. Brent, I would say, you know, yeah, there is a lot of unknown for sure. Cloudflare, but that's why just like when we were all working from home, you have to have backups. You have to have other ways to get to your data. So uh, yeah, that, that's a great question. And obviously a much longer question. If you want to talk about that offline at some point, we can always do that. But uh, a lot of ways to get back up to that, uh, those types of issues. So, so Ken, we, we, you know, and, and uh, Taylor, we had Matt Lee on the bus with us from Iconic for a good part of the trip until he, you know, got off and kind of had a little vacation there. Um, Matt Lee's a really smart guy. You know, like he's, he's super, super deep, right? And like one of the two or three things that absolutely came out of his mouth reoccurring on every Zoom that I felt like he was on was uh, identity is the new firewall. I swear I had that burned into the back of my head. <laughs> so 
I, I don't like, and I actually had to step back and say, okay, well, I guess I kind of understand what he's saying, right? Like single sign on your account, you being out there, right? Like that is the new, you know, authentication mechanism. It's not the corporate firewall or whatever it is. Ken, I mean, I feel like that's something that is, and Brent's already asking, what's the definition of identity? I feel like that whole concept is very foreign to a lot of the guys that we run into on a daily basis. Yeah, I agree. It's it's securing the endpoint now, not the office, not the no, not the computer. It's it's the person, right? The identity is the person. You're you're securing George Bardisi, not securing his computer, his phone. We're securing George Bardisi. So George logs in from China. We know he's not supposed to log in from China, and we shut that down. George logs in from California, and we know that he's supposed to be there. That's the first step. But George goes to log into something that's not his it gets shut down. So it's all about those levers that have been put in place to secure George Bardisi, not his laptop, not his phone, not his this. It's all about securing the identity, the person. We have, now we have the tools in place to have rules set up for what George is supposed to do, what George is not supposed to do. And then if he gets into what he's supposed to do and does something wrong, well, we, you know, you got to come up with new things. But um, those are the main pieces. Identity is who is George? What does he have access to? Um, and if he does, how do we shut that thing down? The whole entire thing locks down to the person as opposed to the phone, the, the laptop and all of that. And there's a lot of ways to get there, right? I know right. Microsoft's kind of made SSO available to everyone at no cost now, single sign-on. I know there's a lot of other you know players in the market, right? Whether it's Duo and the MSP space or Okta was pretty early out there. Uh, but basically, the idea is that your Active Directory domain, your Office 365 account, your, you know, Gmail account, your iPhone, you know, uh, iCloud sign in, right? Like, we've all been on islands, right? And now it's trying to reel all of that together to, to identify the actual individual, not just islanded accounts, you know, so it was a really interesting conversation with Matt. And frankly, um, I think over the next 24 months, that's going to be the focal point. I really feel like it's everything's going that direction. Uh, one of the things that Matt said that was part of their criteria when they're selecting a vendor is that if they don't handle SSO, if they don't handle open ID, right, the ability to tie into the single sign-on, you know, architecture, they may not, they may not select that vendor. So, um, right, right. And also, and also MFA, like there's so many things that break down into how he's doing that, you know, and it's about those layers. Right, you gotta have those layers. I, we were, we but, watched Minority Report on the uh, on the bus. It's coming. I feel like the eye the eye retina scanner as you're walking down the street is gonna be for real. Right. I'm gonna do a George thing though. George quotes. What was the bigger word that we heard from Matt Lee? And I I'll bet I'll, I'll bet 100 Taylor will recognize it. Paradigm shift. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything's about that shift, that paradigm shift. Matt always starts with that, and then he starts getting crazy where. I'm sure at one point Taylor's like, uh, okay, I have no clue what he's talking about. Cause I'm me too. Sometimes he just gets off on these tangents, but it's because of that analytical smart. He knows how to break that stuff down. And Brent, I would recommend talking to Matt Lee, the guy's wide open to talking about security and where it's headed. Uh, his whole thing is about being that uh, evangelist for security. So, and helping out MSPs. Uh, so yeah, the paradigm shift one probably would be if I had my, if I was going to bet money on uh, one word being one phrase being said, that would be the one I'd win the money on. Paradigm shift is going to be the start of all of it. hundred percent. So here's a good one for you, Taylor, that fits right into the mix. So, you know, 
we've been talking about work from anywhere for mm-hmm. like five months, right? You lived it for three weeks. How much work did you really get done? <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, it's like, do you want me to be honest here? Or, uh, or? Put up whatever you want. I asked the question. <laughs> hey, well, well you it we, for? we did get work done. We did get work done. Just hard when there's, we're in like a small area and there's about 10 of us and everyone's talking. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. We might have got like a little bus sick too, but but we were able to work. We can work. I'm a motion sickness guy, right? If I'm looking down too too much and I'm driving, you know, or in a car that's driving, not doing that at the same time. Yeah, no, that's good. Oh, um, I was going to say, George, looking down while driving. This is why he didn't drive the bus. Right. No, that that's why we ta- said no. nobody's supposed to be driving but, the bus. Right? George, to your original point, probably shouldn't have phrased it as how much work you got because immediately she's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I think that I think that it was about could you work? We're talking yeah. about working from anywhere. Literally, we could have worked from any place that we were, other than when you're typing and you're doing this in the back of a bus. It's a little bit harder. But I would say that to your point, we were joking about it. We're like, this is the modern workplace. The modern workplace is right here. We're in a we're in a bus. We didn't have ten people either. Taylor, jeez. Felt um, like at one point like I had it. like eight. <laughs> So if the bus is moving along state to state, city to city, all kinds of places, yeah, we had some issues with if everybody was on and like we were trying to do the video, you know, the call, um, we had some issues with that. But overall, being able to connect, get stuff done, you know, play music, uh, you know, whatever it was, connecting to the internet and doing our thing worked pretty damn well, better than you would think. So yeah, you could work from just about anywhere um, and you did this all with hotspots. Sure. Yeah, we had we had the three hotspots, right? Verizon, ATT, T-Mobile. And we burned through data on all of them and recharged them a couple of times. But I was surprised that on the highway, which we spent a lot of our time, T-Mobile was solid. Solid. I was really yeah, shocked. I got to admit it. Yeah, and my phone, actually, when I was, I, I didn't do a whole lot of the hotspot stuff, I'll admit. I did a lot from my phone, but my phone, literally, without being connected to anything, was pretty active through a lot of the, I did my email, you know, I did a lot of, I did our, you know, the stuff we do on uh, Slack, like everything was right there through my phone was still connected and working. And then, of course, the bigger stuff when I'm typing emails that need a little more attention than me pressing with my fat thumbs. Um I feel like everything was doable from there. I mean, look at, we'll talk to Amy at some point. I mean, she sat at that little desk and was going at her business like crazy. So that's a good indication that things were working pretty well. Well, Brent, 100% face-to-face is invaluable. I think we had more conversations on the bus about future endeavors and ways that we're helping collaborate than I think I probably ever had. Um, yeah. which is nice, right? Cause you're number one, you're, you got to do it right. Unless you just got to call it a day and you know, snooze off, but you know, it was just good, right? It was good, healthy conversation. Not, you know, not just in the parking lot, but definitely on the bus. I see our friend Eric Pinto jumps in here. He says work from anywhere. The tools are there, but does a product, but, but does productivity take a hit without the normalcy of sitting at a normal office? Depends on the situation. I think it depends on the situation. I think that human interaction, we all agree, is super important. There's just something to be said about your mental health not being around humans in person. That's just straight up for number one. So, you know, your tech teams, I think those guys are missing being in the office with other techs where they can interact 
Yes, you can do a lot with teams. You can do a lot, but it's not the same as hearing somebody in the next cubicle talking about something and then being able to say, oh, I've seen that before and they can interact a heck of a lot better. So I do believe engineers, but I do also believe that there's a lot that can be done remotely, like we all know. And, and Eric, you know, too, it's, it's spread out across the board, like being able to increase your sales team across the nation, as opposed to just looking for people in your area. Cause we got folks down in Louisiana, certain parts of Louisiana that can't find help in that certain, in these rural areas, it's harder to find people. So you have to be a little bit more flexible. And now it makes it that much easier to be able to do stuff like this. So I think it expands. I don't think everybody goes to work remotely. That's not going to happen. But I think a good amount of the people will split time. We'll spend a little bit more time at home. We'll spend a little some time at the office and it'll be a mix. There'll still be a hybrid. Well, one of the things I heard and open, open thing to both of you is I heard that a lot of the people that we met out in the parking lots weren't all like a lot of them were back to the office. Right. I mean, true, true. did the yeah. hybrid thing for as long as they needed to, but yep. in the parts of the country where it wasn't an issue, their people are back in the office. I heard that a lot. Do you hear differently? I agree. That's what I was hearing. Yeah, I, I agree too. I mean, obviously we talked to Justin Dews down in Texas and he said they're in the office, they're wearing masks in the public areas, but you know, they go back to their offices and do their things. Um, there's definitely a lot to be said from that. It's been a mix. Like I've heard people say some of the teams were more productive because they didn't have the drive by, Hey George, what's going on today? And then you kind of go off kilter, right? There are some employees that just can't say, Hey man, I'm busy. I got, I've got something going on. So in some cases it's made it more productive because they're able to work through and other, other cases, it's not so productive. Like I talked about in the, in the engineering department. So I think it's going to be a good mix, right? We got to figure out what works for what departments and um, how that will all plug in together. I'm still a in-person guy across the board. You know, if I was, I love what we do because I think we talk to each other more than we ever have because we're in different parts of the country. But if we were all in the same place, you'd be damn sure we would be getting together a lot and having conversations because I just feel like um, there's so many in-person cues that you don't pick up on a Zoom call. 100%. Uh, another one out uh, to both of you. So, you know, did you think people were more willing to come out in the middle of the day or was it better towards the end of the day? And like, just trying to get your feel on that. I'm sorry. What was it? The beginning? Like, I was trying like, to read the like question. People, people coming out, right? Yeah. To, to hit us up in these various cities and these parking lots. Do you feel like the remote working thing leads more to, hey, I can just kind of bounce out whenever? Or do you still think that there's a structured business day? I still think this structure, I still think that they're thinking to themselves, what time of day is this? Oh crap, I got calls. Um, might be easier to say, I'm not gonna schedule a call at four than it is at even at 12, even though they're taking lunch because they gotta take time to get to the event and then time to get back from the event, as opposed to at the end of the day when they can just say, I'm calling it a day at four. Sure, sure. Taylor, when, when, you're, when you're back in Fargo, I assume you're going to the office every day. Sure am. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, let's 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 also think for a second about, hey, you know, the hotel experience, right? Everybody was kind of asking us these questions. I figured we just hit it on the head. You know, did we? I would say for the most part, like we kept Marriott Hilton, right? I mean, those are the big two two players. I would say most of that experience was pretty good, right? 
I mean, they had the room, they had the, the sticker on the door saying it had been cleaned, right? And, you know, they obviously had everything spread out. Did you have any concerns about the whole hotel experience while we were on the road? I didn't. I don't know. Ken might have been different. You might have been different. Uh, I feel like they're, they're more clean than usual now than before. <laughs> I would agree with that. They definitely worked harder. I mean, listen, let's even if it wasn't COVID, we would have different experiences at different hotels, right? The one common theme is they were cleaner. I mean, uh, at one place, the phones were even wrapped in cellophane. A um, little bit of work if you wanted to use the phone, but who uses the phone in a hotel anyways, other than call the front desk? Um, so from that standpoint, I think that was the common theme. The amazing thing to me was in some places, nobody was following any damn regulations as far as filling up the hotels. We saw some hotels that were like, holy moly, I'm not sure we want to go there and make an adjustment, right? And then we were in a place like Orlando where this big, giant, beautiful, clean hotel was at 6% capacity, six. And the owner was paying that, paying all the employees that were still working out of his own pocket. So he was so happy to see us. Um, and that's a hotel that's usually booming and doing so well. I mean, he was telling us about the events, the fire pits, the parties, all gone. And the employees that worked on certain floors, they had to let them go and only have employees per floor where they skipped a floor and they couldn't even fill that up. So yeah, it's a different experience across the board. Uh, but seeing, seeing a big hotel like that at 6% was, was actually scary. And then you're thinking, well, it's probably some big name. No, it was some owner who owned it. And he let us know that he was in the, this owner's uh, community and they were all feeling the same thing down there in Orlando. Yeah, for sure. Um, we generally made it pretty well with weather, right? I mean, it was hot. <laughs> let's not, let's not slice that one. I mean, you know, 117 degrees or hundred percent humidity, right? Like Kansas city was like, I felt like I was in New Orleans walking out in the summertime. Um, but we did run into a little bit of rain, right? We ran into a little bit of rain. We ran into, uh, there was like an inland hurricane. I'd never heard that term before. Uh, Amy Luby shared with us when we stopped through Iowa. I didn't know that the biggest truck stop in the world was in Iowa, by the way. Um, but I, I had no idea that there was some weather events along the trip. Um, anything that really blew you out of the out, out of the wild with the you know just events that were happening in the wild, right? Weather wise on the trip. And Taylor, answer that. You can answer that one. I get. I got. I have a couple, but I'll, I'll let you answer that one. Well, I think there was like a path of destruction left behind us. It seemed like we were kind of <laughs> like wildfires. Yeah, the storm in Iowa. You guys hit rain in the middle of the desert. I mean, yeah, that was not weird. rain. A full-on yeah. storm in the middle of the desert. By the way, was that what was that, George? First time in sixty years a rainstorm like that came it, through it the was desert. It was crazy, man. I, I I was shocked. I I like people were just taking video of the rain. You're like, I've seen rain before, but it was literally the middle of the desert. Like almost flooded the RV because of the rain. You know? Ah, that was a good one. That was a good one. These Could you days. recreate that moment for us, Taylor? <laughs> What was what was we it that you were doing? You and then it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, we had a waterfall in the bus, and Taylor was the one turning the switch and did a little dance in front of the waterfall. <laughs> and then George got some too. Yeah, it was a lot of interesting stories. We'd have to do like full blown, uh, you know, two hour events to talk about all the stories alone. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, 
Was there any particular stop that you thought was crazy? I mean, we stopped at a lot of truck stops because, you know, we needed to fill up gas and do the whole diesel thing. Uh, anything shock you from a truck stop perspective? <laughs> we can go right back to where you started. I mean, Iowa, that truck stop was like Walmart at 1 a.m. times 1,000. I mean, the people watching, if I wasn't so worried about what I might, what I might contract being in that space, uh, I would have stuck around and pulled up a chair and just people watched. Um, we had the, you know, the little Italian guy with the tank top and the Star Wars pajama pants walking around with his arms like this. Uh, Christmas yeah. pajamas? Yeah, Star Wars pajamas, right? Christmas. Yeah. Oh, that oh no, that was the Christmas pajama. That was a girl, yeah, with Christmas pajamas and big fuzzy slippers <laughs> standing in line at uh, Subway or one of those places. Uh, yeah. Taco Bell, yeah. Yeah, and the place had what? six different food places. They had a lawyer upstairs, a, a divorce lawyer, funny enough. Uh, they had uh, taxidermy, I think. I mean, there was just all kinds of crazy stuff up there on the second floor that none of us dared to go up to that second floor. But uh, yeah, that would be the most, probably the most, or maybe the chili place that in the middle of the desert, nowhere we go to the chili place and they have a Patriots poncho. George, George really wanted to buy it, but. Nope. Only if we were going to light it on fire. Oh, that's not nice. Uh, there was also a Green Bay poncho there. Let's be fair. A Green Bay poncho. Right. In the middle of the desert, Texas, and there's not a single Texas thing to be found. Green Bay and the Patriots. Yeah, for sure. That was weird. For a guy that sometimes gets pulled over, I was more worried about my first and second border stop, border patrol stop. That I would was, agree. Uh, you, you definitely looked afraid. <laughs> that's when you, like, you know, put the shade down. <laughs> it didn't make things any better when Slade is the, the driver is pulled over saying, "Hey, do you guys want to help me give a guy in the back a little shit?" <laughs> I'm like, "What? You didn't want to hear that, I know." No, nope. no, nope, that wasn't. Luckily funny. for you, lucky, luckily for you, the border patrol is no joke. They were like, "Move on." Sounds good to me. Um, Ken uh, Temecula, right? I've never been there. I was thinking about like my my favorite kind of new things along the way, right? Like I'd never been to that part of California. And I guess to both of you, was there any area that you had never been to that you were really like, oh, I can, I dig this? Or, you know, I had never been to Kansas City. I'd never been to uh, Temecula. I'd never been to, I've really only passed through Raleigh. That was my first time stopping there. So there were a couple of new areas for us, right? Well, back up. First of all, I know you didn't enjoy Kansas City. Ugh. I'm pretty sure you burst into flames the minute you stepped out of the vehicle. So it was yeah. stupid. It was like 120 percent humidity. I'll tell you, I never thought Kansas City would be 100 degrees and 100 percent humidity. I would. That would be the last place out of all the places we went. That was the hottest spot, mm -hmm. or the most humid, because it was 119 in Arizona, but it was a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. I was just a fan of the funnel cake truck. I mean, that made my Kansas City experience great. Right, except it melted right in your hands. But well, I mean, I I, I got it. I got it down somehow. So, what was your spot, Taylor? What was your spot? What do you? What was the spot? I mean, maybe you've not been to a lot of these places, but which spot were you like? I could stay here, or I like this place. Well, the Denver was so cool. The Bronco Stadium. I think that's my favorite. Even though I'd been there before, it's still it's so cool. Can't get over that one. I'm trying to think. Dallas was really fun. We had fun at Jerry's World. Just saying. George left a little something behind. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I was so did I. I left I left my hamstring behind. <laughs> well, the season is definitely upon us. I had to leave a little juju, you know, just to make sure that they had some bad, you know. I bad. still think we should have got an overview of you doing the snow angel on the star. I think that I definitely been a- messed up that star. I don't know how that. Yeah, like they. I don't know if they have to repaint it or what, but I left I left some scuffs for sure. I uh, I left up. I messed up that star too, but we won't talk about how I messed up that star. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, and you left a little air behind for Jerry. That was awful nice of you. Yeah, you know, listen, yeah, you know, they had they had teams in the windows. Good enough for me. Um, well, and we also saw the cheerleader, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders locker room. Remember? Well, we also saw Taylor's cousin. We didn't know that he played for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, we, we figured got, that out. We got the great photo of Taylor pointing up, and it was. Do you remember his first name? Is it Corey? Corey Thorson. I know this. It's my cousin. But... That's, That's right. That was a test right there. You yeah. failed. Cedric Thorsten. Uh, oh, good. Um, so let's let's zoom back for a second then. Um, we heard a lot of people willing to work with each other, right, Ken? You know, like MSPs who are saying, hey, you know, we've already done this. We can help you out. I mean, I, I'm always, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, man, this always used to be a real sour conversation, right? Nobody wanted to work with anyone else. I know there's a lot of help out there from a vendor standpoint, but I really am starting to see a lot of collaboration now between MSP to MSP, right? Um, I, I, you know, like the castle mentality is starting to go away a little bit. Did you see that? You love that castle mentality, right? It's just, uh, you know, this is mine. Get out of here. I don't want to share, right? And, and, and it's, I think it's been going away before this because that's what our community is. I think more and more people are learning that's the way to go, right? I mean, let's face it, you know, the calls that I do on Tuesdays and Thursdays are directly related to that. Didn't want it to be about any vendor, didn't want it to be about any, just a a group of our community getting together. And you just saw people pouring in, helping each other. And I think if more people get to that, those are the most successful people. I mean, you know, I had my MSP, I, I, you know, we grew my MSP. It didn't grow because me or my partners were any kind of geniuses. We talked to other people. We figured out what worked. We applied the things that they did that worked and adapted them to how we operate in Boston. Right. And that's what made us grow. There is no silver bullet, but if you get out there and listen to people and apply what they're talking about to your business, you're going to be way more successful. Talk to any person, any MSP that's successful, they'll tell you the same. And one point that came out of all this, I was rewatching the, the videos and I didn't catch this when I was doing the interview, but Brett Mesh, I said, Hey, you know, why did you come all the way from Louisiana out to Houston? And he didn't say, cause I can, he said, <laughs> he said, I built my business off of these same events and relationships. Why would I miss out on an in-person event that was being done safely to make more relationships? And he said, what he's learned is, Yes, it's great to be home, and I'm still going to do events next year, but I think I'm going to be more careful about which ones I go to. To me, that was a pretty poignant statement. He knows that events are different. He wants to be safe, but he also knows he's been to a lot of events that didn't really give him what he needed other than the meeting of the other MSPs and some vendors that made sense for him and got, you know, were fit and got it. So I think I think it's been been happening. I think COVID has, has, again, accelerated another area where people are like, oh, we've never experienced this before. I need a little bit of help. 
And then they meet someone like Matt Lee, who's willing to step in and t- tell them, look, this is how you should get started. This is what you should do. Um, and got and vendors like everybody that was on this trip that are, were all offering advice without trying to sell. And I think that's very important for our community. No sales pitch for sure. Taylor, if you were to give advice to somebody who's looking to get into this business, from everything you've learned so far, what would you tell them? Would you tell them run far, far away, do anything differently? Or Stay far away from you guys. That's what I would say. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. We've taught her well. She's yeah. now she's given us given yeah. us crap. <laughs> no, I mean, I would tell anyone to jump into this. I think it's 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 such a cool time to be joining the channel right now as it's changing, um, to see the old and see the new. So I would tell anyone to to check it out, I guess. That was kind of a, that was a good question, George. You threw me off on that one. I told you he's got good questions. Yeah, you threw me off on that one a little bit. So, you know, you would you tell them to make sure you bring your own personal hand sanitizer, uh, sanitizer <laughs> next time? Or, yeah, yeah you know? exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if you know, make sure to bring extra pillows. That much I can tell everyone. The nicer pillows always go a long way. Yeah, um, we just need pillowcases that fit them, but you know, sorry. I mean, that's what Target had at the time, I guess. I mean, what are you going to do? It was, it was my fault. It's all they were satin. That's all that counts. Oh, see, I did something right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so, you know, how much cornhole did we play, Ken? I mean, I think you were, you were keeping track. Not enough. Not enough. Okay. We didn't finish our last game. I think we got uh, we got busy and we had uh, we had to sh- shift off. I mean, uh, my my nemesis over there, Taylor, uh, would probably remember that. Did we get pushed off our last? Yeah, we did. We had to do stuff. We got pulled off our last game, and it was the first time that we played on the same side because usually we were against each other, and she would be throwing bags at me and saying all kinds of expletives that I can't say on here. I mean, she's just crazy. Crazy competitor over there. I won every time, so. Oh, now we're going to lie live on television. All right. Well, Brent <laughs> says, uh, bring your B-Wave cooling towel. I think that was actually your idea. I just uh, made it happen right there, Ken. Yeah, I, I, I got the, I said water bottles and cooling towels. Oh, wait a minute. Water. Water bottles. Water. Um, water for everybody. <laughs> water for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Knew that was coming. Yep, exactly. I'll tell you though, we went to breakfast, uh, Tay, and he didn't say it. The girl came over and gave him an opportunity and he didn't slap it out of the I was like, Yeah, I think he wants water for everybody. I'm oh, like, it's only you two then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we did. Favorite fast food on the trip? If we have to pick a favorite out of fast food. Yeah. Still like in and out. It was good. Can't go but wrong George, with that. That's not what George was looking for. I'm going to give George his obligatory plug, Chick-fil-A. No, no. It announced good. I'm down. No, the Chick-fil-A, the Chick-fil-A was just fresh. Like, you know, you know what you get. I know in and out fresh because they do their, their, their own thing there. I've been in and out enough times, but I think uh, if you're talking about like from a fast food perspective, freshness and the whole package, I'd say Chick-fil-A definitely, definitely took that. Well, we only were able to make it to the one Chipotle stop. So that's my second favorite. And yes, that was probably yeah. the most, that was the most diverse Chick-fil-A. I mean, uh, that was the most diverse Chip- Chipotle I'd ever been at. I think we all noticed that. It was pretty diverse. They had all kinds, all kinds of different people working in there, all colors, all shapes, all sizes. I was like, wow, this is a fully diverse group of people. And they were as, as courteous as the Chick-fil-A people. 
Well, Were I they believe not? that was I believe that was still Tennessee. So plus uh, one. It was. You're right. It was Tennessee. Absolutely correct. I was trying to remember that too because they were. It was a super courteous stop because I don't think, I don't think Chipotle has the same level of courteousness as Chick Fil A from a from a company wide. Uh, well, except in Palm Desert. <laughs> one still lady, still one lady upset. George will never forget. No, still upset. Uh, I was pretty shocked when we found that that pyramid in Memphis. I didn't know that was there. Yeah, that was the um, the ex. Esports, I think it was, was what it was before, or that's when it turned. I don't even remember. Paul would be able to tell us, but yeah, that uh, that was pretty. The same one they have in Vegas. That's the e the e gaming uh, place where they go and do the esports. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It was. Uh, pretty cool. And, well, since we're on it, any landmarks, sightseeing, you know, favorite scenery along the trip? How about Juarez? the mountain that said Juarez and, and the big orange monument, we could li literally probably throw a rock at it from where we're driving on the other side of the border wall uh, and seeing the border wall being built. Uh, that was kind of interesting. You look to the right, you see the border wall, you look to the left and you see this little El Paso broken up place, right? That was El Paso, right? It was El Paso and it was on a Sunday. So who, who builds wall on Sundays? Yeah. Yeah. America, baby. Um, it was, uh, that was interesting. I'm trying to think, I mean, we saw some, listen, we saw fires. We saw a plastics fire in Dallas from a hotel room. I forgot right? about that. We saw, we saw a, a fire. Was that the desert where we saw the fire? Like in the brute, the brush there, the whole entire, I have a picture of that. We saw an 18 whaler with everybody's mail and ballots. Hope you guys aren't worried about that. We saw an 18 whaler twisted up and rotated on the highway, um, which was, due to that major rainstorm that hit us, right? In the right? middle of the desert. In the middle yeah. of the desert, right? So that those that was a result of that. Um man, what I mean we saw a lot. There was we got the hail coming out of Chicago, pelting the truck like we were being shot at. Um yeah, there was quite the amount of things that we could kind of go into and talk about with all with all the things that happened around us. Taylor's right, destruction followed us. <laughs> that's natural, man. That's I mean, I, I mean, I think, Taylor, we were talking for the call. I think you said you really liked the trip between Denver and Phoenix, right? Yeah, that was my favorite. Well, Albuquerque. We stayed in Albuquerque that night. Albuquerque to Phoenix. That was really pretty. That was by far yeah. the best And so that people in the audience don't get crazy, we went to some of these places, but we were only there for a short time. So if we didn't stop by and see you or say hello, it's because – George and I had no clue what it was like planning this trip. We thought we were going to have parties at night, be able to see people. No way. We literally were in and out of places, going through places for two hours at a time, literally saying, oh, man, I wish we had time to see this one. Atlanta, we had a bunch of stops. Uh, we had places in between the Carolinas that we had people ask us to stop. We just couldn't do it. Um, believe me, the trip was a lot harder than we thought it was going to be based on the truck only being able to go 64 miles per hour um, and it being a truck. So yeah, I would say anybody that's reaching out and saying, Hey, how come you didn't stop by? That's why, believe me, the last thing we wanted to do was sleep for four hours and race out early in the morning to do, to try to get an event done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 64 miles per hour, 7,000 miles for sure. Not I exactly. It was like 14,000 miles. What was that? It's like 14,000 miles doing it at 64 when you're in 80 mile of zone and we're doing 64 and our driver's trying to protect us from the bumpy part of the road. So he just cuts into the fast lane and has everybody beeping at him. 
Brent, I always need a flux capacitor. My DeLorean's outside, man. Um, if you were to do it all over again, what would you change and why? Oh, Ken, you can answer this first. Oh, can I? Yeah, you were in the, you were in the planning. I was in the planning. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, we didn't know we didn't know, right? So, you know, we, we had to do some trips that were longer and harder than we probably thought they would be. So there's that. I mean, what would I change? I wouldn't change. We were very specific and very uh, small with what we were doing to get people there because we didn't want to exceed limits. We didn't want to have too many people there. I think we hit our goals with that, right? We didn't have an overflow of people where we were putting people at risk and doing that giant thing. I think if I were to change something and people watching this uh, and we said, hey, we're doing another one, ask us where we're going to be. Give us some heads up on your end because we still can't go out inviting to the masses. As much as we want to, as much as we'd like to, we can't do that. And the flip side of that is some people probably didn't know we were coming when we did. Um, so if I could change anything, I'd put it out to people. Just ask us where we're going to be if you guys know us, and then we'll talk about getting you an invite. I mean, when you say that would be probably the closest thing, George, that we could do to help. Oh, I think we lost George. I'm back. Oh, Sorry. Back. A, little, a little blip there. What are you, in my basement? Wait, hold on. Yeah, George? Yeah, I'm about to call Comcast George? now. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, la last takeaway then, right? Is there any one thing that you learned from this trip that you, you know, didn't expect you would give to, as advice to somebody else, you would tell people it's okay to go out of your house, like, you know, top tip from the trip. Good take. I would just say, well, get out of your house, but just like, as things are changing, change with the times, change with the way events are going to go and, that's kind of the big thing, I think. Nice. Well, since we have Taylor as our guest, George, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna surround this around Taylor, seriously. So if you're you're young and you're trying to do something new, jump in with both feet, because Taylor is a extreme example of somebody who could have easily panicked and said no to her bosses when they said, Hey, we're gonna put you on a bus for three weeks with a bunch of salty veterans from the channel and you know, what could go wrong? So, you know, I say from, from that perspective, I learned a lot from Taylor because her ability to adapt and adjust to some crazy people. I mean, we're a crazy group of people, not in a bad way. We're just a crazy, <laughs> crazy group of people. So I would say to anybody that's new and trying to get into this and, and do this, you know, take some advice from what Taylor did. She jumped in with both feet. She didn't take any crap from anybody. She did her thing and also turned out to be one of the better people uh, I know. So, I'll, and I think George can concur with that. I think that she's a good person. She jumped in with both feet. And my takeaway is I made some new friends on this bus. Uh, George and I, I think, got tighter. But I think that uh, meeting Taylor and, and some of the other people on the bus was my one of my better takeaways. I'm going to agree with the people. Good point. Good All right, point. Brent, Brent. Brent says the younger generation are amazing. A, that's what I found. Yeah, it's not. Honestly, it's not like what people say. You know, they don't give some of these people credit. They're too busy talking about the mass, which is the same in any group of people, I think. 
look at the exceptions. We have a lot of exceptions, a lot of smart exceptions. And by the way, Taylor wasn't the only young person who jumped on this for three weeks. She was, but we had other young people. We had Addison from Lion Guard who, who stepped in and, and got her feet, you know, in there and learned and gained. So I would say the same thing when we have Addison on here. Um, I think she did the same thing, jumped in, handled it and had a blast. 100%. Well, everyone, I really appreciate you hearing us just reminisce about this three, <laughs> you know, three hour tour. I'm sorry, three week tour. Um, we're, every Tuesdays, we're going to bring somebody else that was on the bus, you know, to share their insights and views and thoughts and, you know, just kind of, you know, reminisce a little bit more so we can see how things are going. You know, again, MSP initiative, one o'clock Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, Eastern time. Uh, this whole session was recorded. So you can go back and look at all my funny faces. Uh, Brent, yes, three hour tour <laughs> Gilligan is right. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we will see you here again on Thursday. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.